Hello and welcome to KKNW 1150 AM and Informed Life Radio. I am one of your co-hosts, Javier Figueroa, and joining us shortly uh, from the wilds of Kentucky or the tri-state area, depending on where she is right now, Bernadette Pager will be joining us uh, as soon as she can make and establish a connection. Today we have Larry Cook um, a, uh, with a special uh, interview that we're doing on his movement, his work, and what he has in store for the future as we move forward. So welcome to the show, Larry. Javier, thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. Now, we would love to learn a little bit more about what your organization is doing, uh, a little bit more about how you, we can learn more about the work that you're doing, and also just to learn a little bit more about who you are and how you came into uh, do what you do. Certainly. So I began a brand called Stop Mandatory Vaccination over six years ago, about six and a half years ago now, back when Senator Richard Pan here in California introduced a vaccine mandate bill called SB 277. And in that bill, uh, it basically said that in order for children to go to school, they would not be able to get a religious or philosophical exemption anymore. And once I heard that bill and heard about it, I knew, I literally, and I'm not kidding you, I actually did know at that moment in time that that was the switch that was being flipped to move us towards adult mandatory vaccination. So I thought I should get involved and I have a video film background. I also uh, published a couple magazines and wrote a book on natural living, natural health. And so I had some vaccine vaccination knowledge in me and I decided to take my video film uh, skills and interview parents who had vaccine injured and vaccine free children and have them explain why they oppose these vaccine man this incoming vaccine mandate law that Senator Pan wanted to pass. And I got those videos produced. I raised money. People funded it. And uh, I launched it on YouTube. I created a Facebook page called Stop Mandatory Vaccination. Very importantly, I created a Facebook group right. called Stop Mandatory Vaccination. And unbeknownst to me, I was so fierce in how I thought about all of this forced vaccination on children that I became a, a well-known influencer, in particular on Facebook. And within a few years, by the end of 2018, early 2019, uh, my reach on my Facebook page, I was reaching well over 2 million parents per month and every month on my Facebook page. And sometimes it'd go all the way up to 7 million people I'd reach. And on top of that, my Facebook group grew dramatically. And by that time, I think I had 150,000 parents in my Facebook group. And a lot of people were very upset. A lot of the, I like to call them the deep state, were upset that I had so many parents flowing into my Facebook group, literally 300 to 500 per day, asking questions about why should I vaccinate my child? Does vaccine entry actually exist? Are children being killed by vaccines? And what would happen is, is that these parents would come in and then they would change their mind to go completely vaccine free. Yes. And that really upset a lot of people. Well, during this time, what, uh, right around this time, you know, early 2019, Washington State had a measles outbreak. 
And so I decided to run a campaign on Facebook, a paid campaign targeting parents in Washington state. And it was called Vaccines Kill Babies. That was the, that was the campaign. And it gained traction. I was raising money. I think I raised $10,000 in two weeks to run those ads to try to help parents fight the incoming vaccine mandates in Washington state. And that's where Bernadette and I connected even more. I, we may have connected prior to that, but definitely that was probably around the time that we really got to know each other and started talking. And uh, it's also the same time that Congressman Adam Schiff here in California called out Facebook and Amazon and said, hey, you guys, Facebook and Amazon, you need to shut down these anti-vaxxers uh, and, and censor them. And so Amazon complied, got rid of the movie Vax. Amazon, uh, Facebook complied and my uh, Facebook page went from 2 million reach every month down to 100,000. They, they manually uh, did that uh, on the back end. And then my Facebook group uh, also got compressed. So the distribution went to basically non-existent and they also uh, killed all of the virility of how people found my Facebook group. Exactly. And so I went down to like 30, 40 uh, people coming into the group per day instead of 300 to 500. So I, I shifted over to my Facebook personal page, my personal profile, and started using that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the censorship kicked in really heavily in early 2019. It was around March or so. And then, of course, we had our good old pandemic that kicked in here a year ago, a year and a half ago now. And I started getting into other information. I started pushing out stuff. I started doing lives, a lot of lives. And... Facebook, they, uh, they forgot to turn that part off. They forgot to turn on the censorship on that. So I was reaching 3,000, 4,000, 6,000 people per live, and it was national and international. I had people from literally all over the world tuning into my lives. It was really quite amazing, and I really enjoyed it. I often would go live like three times a week, four times a week. I went live a lot, and sometimes I would, I mean, I'm talking a lot right now. Uh, on my lives, I could go for two hours, three hours. I would play videos and share websites and talk about the pandemic and everything that's going on. And finally, Facebook had had enough. And in November uh, of last year, Facebook shut me down entirely. And when they shut me down, they took down my Facebook page. They took down my Facebook group. They took me down. They took down my admins. Like they, they shut down their personal accounts right. as well. Uh, Twitter, of course, this was coordinated, so Twitter took me down literally two hours later. Yes. Uh, and then Instagram, not wanting to be left out, of course, they took me down two weeks later. And then YouTube finally got on with their censorship activities, and they finally took me down about three weeks ago. So I've been banned on all of the major social media, GoFundMe, ban me, you know, and Pinterest and Vimeo. We're banned in MailChimp. You know, it's, the list is long. Yes. And so uh, what I decided to do about five months ago, uh, I really wanted to go after parents who are masking children outside, no less, when there's no mask mandates. So I created a new project. It's called Unmask Your Child. And what I did was I interviewed a couple medical doctors, Dr. Mark McDonald and Dr. Jeff Barkey. Both of them are of America's frontline doctors. 
And then I inter interviewed a couple other experts, put that into a video format, went over a lot of the components of why parents don't need to mask their kids from the fact that children are not dying of COVID to the fact that there are plenty of treatments that stop death from happening to children are not, they are not spreading it as an asymptomatic uh, as they're claiming, as the deep state claims, the people that are trying to run our lives with their mandates. Zero. And then I go into ineffectiveness of masks as well and yes. the harm that they're causing. So that project is now live. It's called unmaskyourchild.com. There's a video, there's text. I have a whole text version of why parents can do the research and find out why they should not be putting masks on their kids. And I've pushed that out there and I'm here on this radio interview to talk a little bit about it as well. And Perfect. my next, <clears throat> next thing to do is probably take a break. I've been doing this for literally six and a half years. I'm okay with other people picking up the slack for a little while. And then my next big project will be an unvaccinated children documentary project. And I'm really looking forward to making that happen. Absolutely. And one of the, one of the great, um, uh, you know, one of the great uh, quotes that I keep on remembering, or at least paraphrases, is, you know, they wouldn't be trying to shut you up if you were, if you were telling lies. They're trying to shut you up because you're telling the truth. And I think that is what is frightening to a lot of these, um, a lot of the powers that be uh, as we move forward in this, in this world and basically share the information that could actually improve lives. Um, and again, absolutely. And you're not telling anyone, don't vaccinate your children. Don't put on masks. You're saying educate yourselves and make sure that you understand what are the pros and cons of both. Uh, well, you know, I know other people say that I actually tell people not to vaccinate and I actually tell people not to wear a mask. I, I'm, I'm far more bold and far more direct than most other activists. And that's one of the reasons why I rose so quickly in social media and also why I became one of the biggest threats. I was the very first one that they took down. Now they have this quote unquote tw dirty dozen that they're, you know, Aaron Elizabeth and Dr. Mercola, the Bollingers, you know, RFK Jr., they're going after them and trying to get them shut down. But whenever they talk about these other 12 uh, major influencers, they'll mention me as an example of who they were able to take down. So, well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely anti-vaccine and I, I make no qualms about telling parents exactly why I think that they should not poison their children with vaccines and that vaccines are not effective, they don't confer immunity, they don't stop death, they never saved us from disease, they don't uh, prevent transmission, and they cause a lot of harm, Right. and the unvaccinated children are healthier. So I, I just go right into it. I, I definitely let parents know what I think about it. And I have an entire course specifically for parents. It's called Vaccine-Free Parenting. I dive into all of these topics for parents so they can really get educated. I still want them to be educated, but right. I'm definitely out there pushing out my opinion. Now, here's, a, here's an important question, and I think that's something that comes up for a lot of um, parents that, uh, you know, don't want to vaccinate their children, and they get pushback either from uh, a doctor, public health officials, their school. Um, they say, you know, the, the, the standard answer is, well, vaccines have been proven to be safe and effective, and they save lives. I mean, look at the polio and smallpox epidemic. And again, the reality is, is that public health sanitation, better food, better health have accounted for up to 95 to 99% of this decline in, in transmittable diseases. This is true. And 
the other component to that is homeopathy. Homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis were used extensively during the various late 1800s, early 1900s disease outbreaks, you might want to call them. And it was extremely successful, far more successful than the allopathic model. And the way I view it is this. So homeopathy, which is an energetic medicine, educates the immune system about a particular disease or the imprint, the energetic imprint of one. And when that's done for a child or even an adult, when they do get infected or get an infection, the body knows instantly what to do with that infection and can dispatch it very quickly. What the pharmaceutical industry has done, in my opinion, is that they perverted that concept and they inverted it. They went from an energetic component to trying to inject the actual virus live or, or killed into somebody. Problem is when you inject it, you're actually bypassing the normal route of entry uh, and from an immune response that's called TH1 or cell mediated immunity. Right. It goes straight to, to the TH2, which is the antibody component, the humoral immunity. And that does not confer immunity. And in fact, in order to create antibodies, which is the only measurement of success, quote unquote, of vaccination, they have to do something. They have to add something called an adjuvant. And that adjuvant is highly toxic that overstimulates the immune system in order for the body to create antibodies to injected antigens. Well, that's not immunity. That's just creating some antibodies. And that's basically a toxic reaction, uh, an allergic reaction, as Dr. Sherry Tenpenny has said. So right. the reason why these vaccines are quote unquote failing, you know, why people get the disease that they're vaccinated against is because it's a completely backwards way of trying to prevent disease outbreaks. It has, it, it literally doesn't work and it's never worked. And all we've seen for the last 150 years is a cover-up. And the cover-up is this, they blame the unvaccinated for the failure of the entire vaccination program. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, this is what all the mandates are about. Literally, every single mandate rests on that specific premise, which is vaccines do not work unless everyone is actually vaccinated. Therefore, we must force everyone to be vaccinated. Even so, we have plenty of studies that show that even in 100% vaccinated populations, there are, there are still outbreaks. Oh. So it's complete hogwash. Well, again, in pertussis, uh, you know, with pertussis outbreaks, uh, even children that are, you know, quote, vaccinated against pertussis, uh, you have those outbreaks all the time. Well, not all the time, but frequently. And it's, it's in the vaccinated populations. And again, the, the measles outbreak occurred in vaccinated children. So exactly. Then, so there's this, there, there's this uh, uh, constant narrative being pushed about how effective it is, but the but the outbreaks say something else. Now you brought up an interesting point that you know for the past 150 years we have been switching a model or switching a, a treatment model or a um, medical model that has gone uh, away from naturopathy and um, homeopathy in favor of allopathy, and this is something that that's interesting. In the 1900s, early 1900s, there was a huge movement where energetic uh, systems were being developed like the, the Rife machine, uh, uh, radionics, um, things like that, that were, proven to, that were proving to be quite successful. And all of a sudden, 
there was a sharp delineation and they were just completely taken out. And, you know, I've, for someone who was trained in the sciences and re knew relatively little about the history, it has been a constant shock to go back and rifle through newspaper articles, journals, and find out what a thriving um, and different ecosystem it was at that, that time period and the changes that took place that nearly wiped them out. And Larry, I, I would love, if you have information, I'd love to hear a little bit more about um, what you know about that, that time period and what, what changes occurred that really pushed us into the allopathic model. Uh, you know, I haven't really studied like the rice technology and Tesla and all that kind of stuff. But what I do know, I think it was 1917 and don't hold me to the date. Uh, a guy named, a guy by the name of Flexner was hired by, I think it was the Rockefellers. I may be mistaken on that one too. No, someone powerful like that. Am I correct? You are correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so he went around to the homeopathy schools and it was, they were flourishing back then. You know, there were literally hundreds of them. And he basically crafted up a, a fake report that he gave to Congress and said, you know, this is all quackery. And really we need to be doing the allopathic route, which is synthetic drugs. Uh, and Congress said, yeah, okay, well, well, we'll give the American Medical Association that kind of authority. And basically the homeopathic schools were shut down and that made way for the allopathic medicine, the drug model. Mm -hmm. And it's been that way ever since. And, you know, in the 70s and 80s and 90s and even on, all natural forms of medicine have been attacked. The chiropractic care, naturopathy, all of these homeopathy, they've all been attacked. And even right now, homeopathy is being attacked with the FDA saying that, you know, there needs to be these multi-million dollar studies on a per remedy issue right. uh, or per remedy, which is really just about shutting down the entire industry because it's not as big as the pharmaceutical industry. So, right. yeah, it's a constant struggle between the allopathic model, the vaccination model, which doesn't work. And all the other drugs, which, you know, they can manage symptoms. If anything, you know, vaccination kind of in a similar way, it manages a symptom. It may suppress the disease outbreak if someone gets measles naturally and they've already had the measles vaccine. It may suppress the expression of that disease. Exactly. But that doesn't, that's not preventing, you know, the actual disease it just drives it deeper into the body and creates even more problems and here's one of the big things that i you know for people that don't really understand some of this stuff one of the problems with vaccination is that when you inject this adjuvant and all these other toxic chemicals into the body the body has trouble getting rid of it and so it literally exhausts immune capacity and that immune capacity, the ability of the body to create a response is actually really, really important. So yes. what happens is in parents who have vaccinated children and unvaccinated children, what they witness is the same thing. And I had this in my Facebook group. So I, I've listened to tens of thousands of parents over the course of five years. And it's this, their vaccine-free kids reach milestones sooner, get over illness faster, do not get as sick as often yes. and do not have the chronic health ailments like ear infections and asthma and eczema and autism and seizures and all these other things that the vaccinated counterparts have. And one of the reasons for this is because they have a fully intact, full capacity immune system, the vaccine-free children do. That's why they can get over uh, an illness in 12 hours or 24 hours versus a week. 
yeah, uh, like their vaccinated sibling. Exactly. And one of the things I do remember is we have uh, friends uh, that, uh, you know, grew up in Africa and one of their siblings uh, would have uh, seizures and the doctor would say, wait until she gets uh, measles. That'll, that'll uh, heal her from, her from her seizure disorders. And this is something that's been known in a lot of uh, older uh, uh, medical uh, traditions, especially European traditions, that uh, you know, some uh, recovery or some natural infection can prevent other conditions, including neurological conditions or uh, recover from neurological conditions. So the immune system and the nervous system go hand in hand in a way that most people don't appreciate. And to your point, I think um, the, the study coming out from Dr. Thomas's uh, uh, pediatric group really highlights um, the difference with uh, vaccine versus unvaccinated uh, children and the, the diseases that uh, they get later on in life. And again, later on in life, you know, in your 60s, 70s, you know, my, uh, my grandmother and my great-grandmother were never vaccinated. And they, you know, as, as, they, as we would say in the family, uh, you know, we had, to, we had to beat them over the head for them to, to pass away. They were that, yeah. were that strong for so long. So it's, it's amazing. Now, Larry, here's the thing. What, with, with, with the new project that you're going on and with, uh, with the uh, severe uh, shutdowns and, and restrictions in California, uh, have, you he have you heard any of the parents uh, take up the flag and, and push forward? And if, have you had any uh, successes or stories that you can share? Uh, can you be, uh, how, how do you mean? So for example, the, uh, you know, uh, don't mask your child. Uh, has there been any uh, success stories in trying to overturn some of the uh, requirements and mandates of masking children uh, indoor and outdoor, just even indoor in these schools? Uh, you know, that I don't know. And um, so my target, so I'll, I'll, let me explain what my target has been. And, and plus, first of all, let me just say this. Because I've been booted off Facebook, that was my main source of information. Like I subscribed and followed so many different people, big influencers in our community, that I could have access to information within 24 hours of it coming up because it just would happen immediately because I was in that crowd. On Telegram, which is where I am now, it's much more difficult to find that information in an easy to digest or, or, or a quick way. So sometimes I have blind spots in terms of what's happening in the world versus when I was on Facebook. Right. With that said, with that said, my target, uh, let's see, how am I going to phrase this? What I attempt to do or what I've attempted to do and been attempting to do for literally over five years now and going on six is focus specifically on parents and helping parents as opposed to say, legislation or reversing rules or influencing legislators or anything like that, that, that might come also, mm -hmm. but I've always been focused, or at least I chose to be focused on specifically the parents. So when I created unmaskyourchild.com, uh, mm -hmm. it was really about trying to help parents to stop masking their kids outside. And if they can figure out, cause I'm, I live in LA. And I see it all the time. And there's literally no outdoor mask mandate, which means the reason why they're doing it is because they're afraid. So I created this project to try to reach those particular parents 
And if they can figure out, hey, wait a second, I don't need to put a mask on my kid outside. In fact, it's dangerous and harmful to them. Then my my next step for that parent after they, you know, they're helping their child breathe is that they will actually fight for their child at, say, the school board to try to get rid of the mask mandates at the school. But in terms of like tracking or, or following, you know, what's going on from that on that front, it's not really something I've been doing. Understood. Okay. Now, in terms of what's been going on in California, in your area, I, recently there was a huge push to uh, by, by the schools uh, to uh, basically uh, increase vaccination rates, increase masking rates. Um, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not familiar. If, do you have school aged children that are that are attending schools uh, where you live? Uh, I don't have any children. So this has so, been. And passionate because you just thought that this needed to be done to protect others. Yes. Um, but there's, there's a, there's a backstory to this too. Um, so I didn't know this until about two years into what I was doing in two, two years into stop mandatory vaccination, possibly three, all of a sudden I had this flash. It's like, Oh, and here's what the flash was. Mm-hmm. My mom always said, Larry, at 18 months, you stopped talking and you didn't start talking again until age three. She had no explanation for this. I just, you know, you, you forget right. about these things as you go into life. But then, like I said, I had this flash. I was like, oh, wait a second. I was vaccine injured. So then I, and actually in reality, when I think about my life and everything, it actually makes a lot of sense. So I, I reached out to my parents because back then I had my Facebook group and everything. And I said, hey, did you ever vaccinate your kid at 18 months and then have them stop talking and start talking again at age three? Huge number of parents said yes. And this is the thing about having a group of 500 or 150,000 parents in your Facebook group. It capped out at 200,000 parents when they finally shut it down. But I had access to a lot of parents who had vaccinated their children. And so then I put it all together. I was like, oh, wait a second. So in reality, God put me on this path of vaccine injury to challenge the entire vaccine mandate and vaccination program because I myself was vaccine injured. And when I think back to growing up and getting glasses and dental work and just how I interacted with people and everything, yeah, I, I can guarantee, I, I know for a fact that I absolutely was vaccine injured. So that's the backstory. It's like it's come full circle now. See, that's that's the amazing thing. And I, and I think people are starting now to put t- together the fact that uh, we have we're now entering a, a, a time period where uh, the vast majority of people and parents are vaccinating their children. But we still remember a time when that wasn't the case or there wasn't as much as a heavy vaccination route. So it, there's also this uh, uh, generational memory and institutional memory of, of what it was like before when we weren't vaccinated and what the differences were in terms of autism, diabetes, development, things like that, that I think is, is you know, fundamental and, and missing in the conversation and also just dying away because uh, of, of the uh, restrictions, mandates, and all the regulations that, are putting, that they're putting on us uh, via the... Uh, but I would call the um, the veil of authority uh, of uh, of the public health and medical officials, which um, 
it surprises me that uh, more people aren't concerned about, and I know that at least there was one uh, signer of the uh, Constitution that was worried that that might be a route for, for tyranny uh, moving forward. And now we're seeing that, which, uh, you know, at this point, I, I'm baffled as to how more people are not waking up to, like you said, how they're using this as the route to control and regulate and basically determine what they can do with your body and not only your body, your children's bodies. And that is true. Well, you know, oh, go ahead. No, I'm done. That's just, there, there was my rant. <laughs> I, I know it was a, a rhetorical question, but I actually have an answer for you. Please. Um, or at least part, part of an answer. They've been working on this for a long time, but you know, here's, here's what I think a lot of people need to know about fluoride fluoride in our water supply. Mm -hmm. That fluoride, the sodium fluoride that they add to our water supply is extremely toxic. Oh, yes. And it breaks down willpower and it lowers IQ. Yes. So when you have a fluoridated population and they've been fluoridating for decades now, many, many decades, you have a dumbed down, literally a dumbed down lower IQ population with their energetics force field broken down. It's, it's like breaking the spine, breaking the back. You, yes. we're li they literally have neutered the population so that they will not stand up to tyranny. Right. Now, if we, look at, if we look at Australia and what's going on there, they actually have the highest fluoridated con or the, the highest fluoride concentration of any country in the world. And they have the most tyranny going on right now, and the most accepted, you might call it accepted tyranny. They had their guns taken away 20 years ago. Now, before all of this happened with COVID, I had, you know, again, I, I was on Facebook. I had an international following. I had a huge following from Australia. And I, and I know for a fact, by talking with so many people there, this is pre-COVID, that already that population was dumbed down and totally obeying whatever the government told them to do and they had very little, very few people willing to rise up and challenge, challenge the vaccine mandates. On top of that, they were, the government was literally banning anyone from the United States, like Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, for example, from coming over and talking about vac vaccines and vaccination. They kept a tight rein and still do on their population in terms of what they get to know. And, you know, last year, back when I was on Facebook, I actually had videos that I was showing on my lives of people getting arrested for posting to Facebook. This is how much control they have over that population. Well, by extension, that's kind of the plan for all of the populations in all of the countries. The United States is also heavily fluoridated. And then you add to that the brainwashing that's been going on all of this time. And then you add to that the censorship that happened in the last two and a half, three years. And yeah, you just have this one big narrative being pushed out through mainstream media. And if someone isn't searching out alternative media nowadays, they're just getting brainwashed over and over and over again. And, and that, I, you know, oh, go ahead. No, and I said, that is so true. And I can, I can relate to the fact that if you're consuming mainstream media, you, you have a, a very different view of the world uh, that is completely uh, decoupled from, from the facts on the ground. Like for example, people are saying, the, the hospitals are overrun, uh, COVID patients are filling up ICU beds. There's, you know, it's, it's, 
it's basically an epidemic of the unvaccinated. And I can tell you from experience, I've been able to download the databases. I've been able to go to the county um, and uh, dashboards. I've been able to actually go down into the hospitals and take a look at what's really going on. And it's not, there, there is no surge, there is no rush. There's just too few nurses and doctors, too few technicians uh, that, are, that are in the hospital and providing services. And that they're just trying to hide the fact that people are just not working or they're not being hired or they are not willing to submit to the uh, masking and uh, vaccination mandates. So this isn't, this isn't about the virus. This is about control now. One of the things that I think good people have problems with, which is something I've mentioned on my lives as well, is good people, well-meaning people, a good majority of them have this inability to comprehend evil. And in particular, have an inability to think that evil could rise up to such high positions of power and confiscate the consciousness of the entire population and tell it what to believe. They, they just cannot wrap their head around it. And I think one of the reasons why the devout Christians and the Christians uh, patriot side of people, you know, the people that are really into that, they have a little bit more willingness to see, hey, maybe there actually is evil. Maybe there really is an actual evil energy on the planet trying to control and enslave us. And therefore, they're willing to dig deeper, learn new things, and then fight it. That's and, it. you know, there's definitely people who would say, uh, and, I, and I'm one of them, it's not Democrat versus Republican per se, it's actually good versus evil. And I do believe that the plan, the big plan of these evil ones, evildoers, as I call them, is to literally enslave the entire population and create a slave race. Or another phrase that's been tossed around that I've heard is called mechanization man, where basically you strip people of their free will, you strip them of their critical thinking, you basically make it so that all they know how to do is go to work, eat, poop, drink alcohol, watch some entertainment, and you know get the work done that needs to get done because you need them to be smart enough to actually get the work done, but not so smart to actually question anything. They just have to be smart enough to get the work done. That's enslavement. Do you have a cat? <laughs> How could you tell? <laughs> well, because my cat just meowed. So maybe your cat heard my cat. That's I also just shut yeah. another door. <laughs> well, I just, wanted, I just wanted to comment that um, uh, someone coined the term the great poisoning uh, that is occurring or has been occurring for, for decades now in this country and around the world. And uh, this person, uh, her name is Catherine Austin Fitz. She's a big believer in the, uh, the power of, of belief and the power of uh, positive thinking and the power of prayer. And she calls these spiritual, you know, for lack of a better word, since she's, she's more of a, a, tech, a technical analyst and an economist, she says, these are spiritual technologies that, um, that help and have helped a lot of communities fight the spiritual warfare that has been ongoing, and she cites the uh, the uh, African American Baptist traditions um, that she says probably helped a lot of these communities fight the spiritual warfare that was ongoing in their communities for many decades and continue on to this day. So, uh, as someone who uh, you know was uh, is a trained uh, scientist, 
was brought up as someone who believed in uh, materialism and re reductionist materialism, uh, was an atheist, is now, uh, now I'm quickly going away from it from all the things that I've seen and learned. I think that this is something that needs to be talked about a little bit more and uh, discussed and also taught because we are dealing with something that is uh, under the, you know, sub rosa and um, hidden and it's not talked about. And I think there's a reason why it's not being talked about. And to your point, fluoride, fluoride again, all the, all the stories I've heard, all the data that, uh, that is being uh, imparted about how it protects teeth and all that, no, it's, it really doesn't help with, uh, with, with cavities. Brush your teeth, eat good food, maintain your health. Fluoride is a neurotoxin. It's been known to be a neurotoxin for decades, hundreds of years now. So to your point, yeah, it's, it's a continuous and ongoing poisoning of a global population. Agreed. And fluoride, there actually are no studies. Well, uh, how am I going to put this? There's always studies that show one thing versus another. Yeah. No authentic studies that show that fluoride in our water supply has lowered cavities. What, what the studies often show is that you have dental fluorosis. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but basically this mottling of the teeth, the enamel starts rotting off when there's too much fluoride. Right. And it's, it's definitely not helping anything. The only thing it's doing is lowering IQ and calcifying the pineal gland and causing all kinds of other problems. That's exactly as it. Far as, as far as the spiritual side, you know, I, I, I have a pretty significant spiritual side. There's a lot that, that I've, uh, I don't know how to put it, been through, learned, whatever. But yeah, I, I would not be able to do this work without the spiritual side. So I have been protected. I call an Archangel Michael. Uh, I've actually been physically protected multiple times. And if you're going to challenge the evil forces on the planet, you, it helps to actually understand the spiritual battle that's going on and what's involved, what's going on behind the scenes and on the other side of the spirit realm and what those energies are and how to tackle them and deal with them as they come at you. Otherwise it's going to be really difficult and painful. Exactly. So it's always good to, yeah, I, I would say the first thing is first realize that it is spiritual battle and you know, like why? So what is the spiritual battle? It's really those fallen angels that was mentioned in the book of Enoch removed from the Bible, these fallen angels that came here and they basically want to set up shop and enslave humanity and they're embodied as everyday humans. And if you don't know that part of history, spiritual history, then it's really difficult to wrap one's head around what's really going on. But they, they are absolutely intent on controlling us. And so that would lead me to the next point on vaccination. And it's this, I don't believe vaccines confer any benefit whatsoever, not even one iota. I believe that the, the entirety of the vaccination program is simply to poison humanity and that's its sole purpose. The autism rate right now is one in 36. Autis, autism rate has gone up as the vaccination rate has gone up. Not a coincidence. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and that's not the only thing that's been happening. So if you, can poison babies, infants at age two months, well, at let's say one day of the hep B vaccine, and then at two months, four months, six months, and you can actually poison them and dumb them down 
before they even can start talking. Well, now, now you have control. You have control over that soul, over that human that's coming up, that's going to um, you know, grow up. This is one of the reasons why I decided to do the work I do. I didn't know it at the time, and I didn't know about my vaccine injury at the time. But my whole thing is I want these children, these souls, these incoming souls, these humans, to have a fighting chance. And you can't have a fighting chance if you're going to get poisoned with a needle, with a shot, at two months, four months, six months. And then, you know, a lot of these babies also wind up dying. I have 25 death stories on my website. Uh, and that's what really upset the deep state and the mainstream media. And the mainstream media now has hundreds of hit pieces on me. You type in Larry Cook and oh, yeah. you'll have a feast, a feast of, of hit pieces. And one of the things that really got it all going was my vaccines kill babies campaign. I mean, that just pissed them off to no end. Because once that starts getting out, parents really start questioning it. Well, and so, yeah, that's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, was, I was just going to say that's something that parents really need to understand is that infants are being killed by vaccines and the medical examiners are covering it up. Now, here's the thing. I was, uh, you know, up until two, three years ago, I was definitely in the pro-vaccine camp. Uh, you know, I think I thought vaccines were great. You know, it was unfortunate that there were, uh, you know, that there were some uh, children dying, uh, people dying from it. And uh, just when you start looking into it, once you you just say, well, well, what if, what if, what if it's just this one vaccine that's causing this? And you start looking under the hood and you start digging in through the data and you start asking the questions, the uncomfortable questions that really tear your, your reality apart that you've, you know, you that has been constructed for us, it really starts showing how thin uh, the, uh, the information is. Uh, I just recently learned um, uh, several months ago that the vast majority of the vaccines that are given to children were never placebo controlled study. And it's just been one yep. continuous, uh, oh, we, we do the placebos. No, there's well, maybe one, but the rest, all the other ones, are just continuations of, well, we compared one vaccine versus uh, a, a test vaccine. Nothing goes back to actually, well, let's test a placebo versus the vaccine and then compare the groups because I think that's what they're afraid of. And what uh, Dr. Thomas did in Oregon, looking at his vaccinated versus unvaccinated population, really highlights how, um, how stark the differences are and how healthy children are, especially when we live in a society that provides clean food and clean water and sanitation to the level that we're used to in Western societies. That's the amazing part. Agreed. And speaking of uh, placebos and testing, vaccine safety testing, the way they do their quote unquote placebo, they right. simply remove the antigen. Yep. They leave all the other toxic crap in there. They inject both groups. I say, oh, yeah, you know, the, re the reactions were just about the same. Therefore, it's safe. <laughs> the, and, you know, so yeah. let's talk about other studies that happened. So President Trump said, hey, hydroxychloroquine. So what did the deep state do? They went and created a couple studies. One Absolutely. of the studies was comparing, yes. comparing hydroxychloroquine to vitamin C. Yes. Uh, they, you know, they didn't call it vitamin C in the study. They call it ascorbic acid. So you have to, you know, know what that means. And, and of course, vitamin C cures uh, COVID. And yeah. so they're like, oh yeah, it didn't make any difference. And then the other study, you know, they gave super high dose of hydroxychloroquine 
And then they killed a thousand people with it. And like, oh no, it doesn't work because it kills people. So right. they, this, this group, these evil ones, these evildoers still create fake stuff, fake studies, just like they create things called false flags where they'll go and set up a situation where people wind up getting killed and then they'll blame it on some other event or purpose or person or whatever. And they'll use that as an excuse to do gun control. Like they have become experts at creating these fake narratives to drive public opinion on a topic. They're experts at it. So unless someone has discernment and that's probably what's lacking the most in our population with a capital D discernment means energetically being able to read the difference between truth and fiction. So something may sound really logical, like a scientific study projected out by the pharmaceutical industry, but does it make sense or does it energetically feel right to the, through the system of discernment? Can you read between the lines? Now, there are people who have you know, really great, brilliant minds, and they can deconstruct it. Dr. Andrew Wakefield is one of those people. There's several others as well who can deconstruct these lies. But for parents who don't have this necessarily scientific brain or, or can really dig into all the little bits of information and stuff, what they have going for them oftentimes is their intuition. So they go right. to the doctor, they go to the pediatrician, and they're like, they get this gut feeling. No, I shouldn't do it. But then they get bullied by right. the doctor. They vaccinate their kid. They let the doctor do it. Kid winds up dead. Infant winds up dead two days later. And what does the doctor say? Oh, that was a coincidence. It wasn't, had nothing to do with the vaccine. This happens every single day. And this is why we try to tell parents, follow your intuition. And what I personally have done is I've set up the vaccine-free parenting masterclass, vaccinefreeparenting.com. I got my stop mandatory vaccination website. So I try to give parents this additional information that they can use so they can communicate with their doctors in a little bit more of an educated way so they can't, so they just don't say, well, my gut says don't do it. Like they can actually say no because X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and then they don't have to worry about it. So yeah, there's so many different components to all of this, but the lack of discernment, not only for, well, the entire vaccination thing, but also the lockdowns, the COVID, the masking, like people just simply believe the lies that are being projected at them through mainstream media. And this is, and I mean, this is why you and I are talking right now is to give alternative information, which reminds me of what I wanted to say, something else. Had we not been shut down on Facebook, we meaning all of us, all the medical freedom activists, all of the patriots, I mean, there's so many people that have been shut down and on Twitter too, but Facebook was my wheelhouse. Yes. Had we not been shut down, had we been given free reign like we had prior to 2019, we would have shut down COVID. We would have shut down the entire false narrative because we were so powerful. We had so much good energy going. We were so good at what we did. My reach, my 2 million to 7 million reach probably would have been 15 million had I not been, you know, censored for that two years up to COVID. Like I would have, in my group, had it not been censored, would have easily by now had a half million people, if not a million people in it. Like, we were, I was growing like, just me personally, I was growing like gangbusters. Now imagine all the other activists who are out there, and there's not a lot, but there's enough. There were definitely enough. And then the patriots who got into it two years ago, yes. we definitely could have shut down this entire fake narrative. But that, they had to control our messaging on social media as well. I mean, even Trump got shut down. So it just goes to show 
No one is safe when the deep state is in charge. And it goes to show just the hunger and the need for uh, factual information, or at least a, a reinterpretation of the facts presented to us, and the ability of people to actually begin to dig through and really create a, a narrative that, uh, that aligns with reality and the information that aligns with reality. And I think that's what most people are, are struggling with. Dissonance is a weapon that is used for control. Gaslighting is a form of dissonance. And therefore, they can tell you that you're crazy, you're a fool. Uh, that lowers your energetic uh, ability to resist, especially if you've already been, like you said, they, they've broken the back. But there was still a hunger. And you wouldn't have grown 2 million, 5 million, 7 million, 15 million if there wasn't this hunger and this need for factual and correct information. It's so true. You know, I have a close friend who I've known for over a decade. And this friend and I would argue about politics and, and a few other things. And prior to the election, you know, I'm like, I told her, I said, if Biden gets in, he will mandate vaccines for all. She would not believe me. She just would not believe me. And we actually wound up having a big fight over all of this, unfortunately. Well, I got to tell you, there is some genius in Trump kind of letting all of this play out the way he's letting it play out. I do believe he'll be back. Um, and that is people are waking up. And within the last couple of months, she's actually starting to move away from the Democrat Party. And she has actually said to me, Larry, I now believe you. There is a conspiracy to force vaccinate everyone. I never thought I'd see the day. And almost now, almost every single time I talk with her, she's like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. I can't. Like, yeah. yeah, this is the real deal. This is the real tyranny that's going on. And of course, we're in L.A. And L.A. is like the center stage right now for vaccine mandate. And I think San Francisco as well. Yes. And we know that here in California, the, the Democrats did not get to launch their statewide vaccine mandate in September. So they're pushing it to January when they reopen again. Mm -hmm. So I expect by February, because it'll, it'll, it'll just go lightning fast. They, they will craft their language. There's no one, no one to stop them. Governor will sign it. And we'll see a vaccine mandate in order to get into stores. And we'll see a vaccine mandate for all employees everywhere and for all employers everywhere. And so I have plans, you know, I, I've definitely been holding on and waiting until literally the last second. Yeah. But yeah, I'm probably going to be getting out of Dodge by March or so because I'll, I'll move to a red state and set up shop and keep going from there. Yeah. But yeah. The, the point of what I, I, I did digress there, the point is people are waking up. Exactly. And I just want to make sure that uh, Bernadette gets a chance to talk with you and, uh, ask any questions that she might have. I know that she's been having some technical difficulties uh, and hopefully she can get, I, I can see her. Hello, Bernadette, are you there? Uh, I am here and we only have about two more minutes with Larry, but I have been able to hear the whole show if even though I couldn't join the whole time and I've been loving the conversation. So thank you, gentlemen. Um, that false flag thing, Holy cow, 2019 measles. There were 72 cases of measles in an isolated community. And our Washington State Department of Health and then Secretary of Health Wiesman convinced the entire state that if you went outside your home, you might catch measles. And I confronted them toe to toe. 
How many came outside that isolated community that self isolated where they had six to 11 children and they allowed the measles to pass to the children. He said, you know, they told me Bernadette, it doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? You know, you, you took away a personal exemption to the MMR because you made everybody afraid measles was spreading. So there's your false flag, right? And, you know, we all expect, um, we, we really expect pharma. They have such a criminal record. You know, they've been caught criminal of fraud and, and long to the public, but it's, it's our public health agencies that have me so angry. They are public health enemy number one is public health. And that's what we need Couldn't, to totally take down to the ground and rebuild. I agree completely. And you are a yeah. firehouse, firehouse, fire hose. I don't know, something. Firecracker. <laughs> that's the there you go. You're a firecracker <laughs> when it comes to talking to the public health department people. I've seen your videos. Quite amazing, Bernadette. Thank you. But they don't listen, you know, they, the cognitive dissonance of the people working there. Um, some of them, you can tell they're beginning to ask questions. They can tell they're thinking, oh my God, they're thinking, but they're so trapped in this system that's so corrupt that it's it, the, the whole thing needs to be completely redone. We have got to take vaccination out of the hands of public health. It's quite shown that they cannot be trusted. Yeah, and that's something that agree. addressed completely. Parents need to have the the authority and, and the ability to decide that. So it seems like we've gotten to the end. And uh, Larry, thank you so much for coming on. Javier, thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm grateful I was able to come on. Thank you again. And Bernadette, thank you for making uh, going to all the, the trouble of getting on board and getting uh, getting on the radio again. Yeah, well, we've got one more hour to go. So after we say uh, goodbye to Larry and we, we go for a, a quick break, you and I are going to come back and talk. And I'm just going to hang here at, um, with my phone connection. It seems pretty solid. And, and we'll have some good conversation about what's going on. Larry, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Bernadette. Take care. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy, but we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need
and welcome to the second hour of an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host Bernadette Pager and I'm sorry that the screen is blank if you're watching this streaming here, but I am in a hotel room with really poor internet service and so I'm on my I connected via my phone. I'm just glad that even audio I can be here with the listeners and viewers today. But luckily in the house is my co-host Javier Figueroa. Say hello Javier. Hello radio listeners. <laughs> and he did a brilliant job handling that first hour where he interviewed Larry Cook, who many of our listeners know. Larry has been in the medical freedom and informed consent movement for a couple of years now. And of course, he's heavily censored uh, with all this COVID chaos going on. Um, so I let, let's repeat again, Javier, where they can find him. He's got a couple websites. The latest that we wanted to let people know about is unmaskyourchild.com, unmaskyourchild.com. And there's a great video on there with MDs um, talking about the dangers of long-term masking of your children, the health impacts, the psychological health impacts, as well as the physical, and how it does nothing nothing to prevent the spread of a virus. It's just, it's all harm. It's all control and coercion, and it's just not good for children. So I encourage you to go to unmaskyourchild.com um, and, and read it and share it and pass that on. And, you know, uh, you know, our, our gratitude to Larry Cook, who takes a lot of arrows um, in trying to bring the truth. If you're trying to bring truth against pharma, a trillion dollar industry that has the money. In fact, okay, Javier, let, let's let's start off to begin with the money that that the pharmaceutical industry has to capture the media. So there has been a wonderful compilation video put together of I don't know a, a, a dozen or two of you know, the, the legacy media. So we've got ABC News, Good Morning America, um, 60 Minutes, all of these different shows. And it, it shows you the intro to the show, you know, it, it, you can hear it and then brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer over and over again. And, and I told you on the break there, Javier, as I got in my car this morning and I was in Kentucky, turn on the radio and it was the end of some kind of news clip. And it says brought to you by Pfizer and BioNTech. And I just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It and when crazy. you've got Pfizer sponsoring the news, of course, they're going to be, you know, controlling and saying what you can and can't say. So, you know, they don't really want Larry Cook and Bernadette Pager and Javier Figueroa on those legacy outlets, do they? <laughs> when, you're, when your salary depends on you not knowing something or not saying something usually you won't talk about it. You won't talk about it. There is that fabulous um, new, uh, um, oh, help me out here. What's that great video, an investigative journalist? I've gone blank. Project, not Project Veritas. Yes, Project Veritas went undercover with at some sort of do some get together um, for Pfizer employees. Yeah. And they are saying, yeah, natural immunity is great. You don't need the shot. And one guy said, yeah, you don't, you don't say anything at the office because you just assume, even if your door's shut, somebody's listening. I mean, this is really concerning. Yeah, and um, yeah, and supposedly there's studies being done right now 
looking at myocarditis um, by Pfizer. I can only imagine how they're ma manipulating that data because the myocarditis numbers are, are really astonishing. Um, they're impressive. Yeah. They're unprecedented for a uh, medical product. And yeah. these were normal times. We would not even be talking about pulling, uh, you know, these, these uh, experimental therapeutics. And they are still experimental therapeutics. They have not right. reached threshold. I'm sorry. People yeah. argue that was approved by the FDA. Well, guess what? Clinical trials are still ongoing. How in the world can they approve it? And it's because of the EUA, the Emergency Use Authorization. And that yeah. particular piece of legislation is noxious and toxic in, mm -hmm. the, in, in, in the most uh, overt ways possible. Yeah. And, you know, the news keeps announcing and the FDA did some sort of press release saying that the Pfizer version is now licensed for adults. But if you read the fine print, it is not licensed yet. You look down on it and it says the dates that the phase three clinical trials still have to go to, you know, 22, 23, I think some out to 2025. And, you know, the language pretty much says this license really isn't a license until all of this happens. Right. So, so, you know, this press release is because people like us were saying, it's emergency use only, it's experimental. And our government, who I said at the end of the last hour, public health, enemy number one is public health because they are working for pharma. Um, they, they wanted to be able to counter EUA. So they put this false press release out there. Talk about disinformation and deceiving the public. Yes. Saying that, um, that the, it, Pfizer had been licensed, you know, to try to shut us up and everybody's saying, oh yeah, it's licensed, it's approved, but no, it is not. Um, and you, you just have to read the fine print. I mean, Javier, the, the things that have been so blatantly done by the CDC and the FDA are absolutely staggering. So uh, there's just so much for you and I to talk about. That's why I'm so glad we've got this hour just to talk. Just to talk, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, while we're on the myocarditis subject, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and leap over there because I am looking at a, um, a chart expected versus observed reports after mm -hmm. Pfizer BioNTech dose two seven day risk period. Have you seen that? I have this not. CDC, it's CDC data. And I borrowed it from Toby Rogers, who had it on his post. And I, lots of people have been writing about it. If you go to informedchoicelaw.org, you're going to see on the homepage with a recent post, one that's about um, COVID-19 shots for kids ages 5 to 11, okay? And that's where I've got this chart. So I'm just going to read you like the age groups. So in the age group, 12 to 15-year-olds, because, you know, right now only um, 12 and above have been um, emergency authorized to get this product between ages 12 to 15, the cases of myocarditis that were expected was between zero and three. Yep. And the cases of myocarditis, that was for, for boys, the cases they actually observed in the trial was 12. So 12 times more than expected at the highest end. The cases, oh, that was females. And then in males, they expected one to five 
116. And that's, 100, that's just insane. That's just um, between right age, there. yeah, for age, ages 16 to 17, in females, there were expected zero to two, there were 15. In males, expected zero to three, there were 120. Ages 18 to 24, they expected zero to five. And in males, there were 11. I mean, females, there were 11. And they expected one to seven in males, there were 134. Um, and it goes on through the rest of the ages. The older you got, the less the numbers were high, but they were still far higher than expected. But for the kids, holy cow, why would you, why would you risk that when well, there's so much you can do to ensure that your child, if they're exposed, only has a mild case, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, and then, and um, but then we get to more absolute, really ridiculous. Um, it's beyond ridiculous. It's it's scary news. Um, from, I'm going to pull this up here. So, the FDA has and the CDC and all of your public health agencies have, I mean, they must have genius evil marketing people working for them because they keep trying to put a spin on everything about ivermectin mm -hmm. and make a joke of it and say it's for animals when we know it's not. It won a Nobel prize for saving human lives, right? Exactly. Billions of doses are prescribed for humans around the world every year. And in some countries it's over the counter for humans right? We're not talking horse medicine, but the FDA actually said on their website in August of 2021, so just recently, it, it says, why you should not use ivermectin? You are not a horse. You are not a cow. Seriously, y'all stop it. I mean, it was not only flippant and the attorney general of Nebraska in his opinion piece, called them out for being just flippant about a very serious subject, yes. but it intentionally misinforms and skews public opinion to think, you know, that it's just for cows and horses. That's disgusting. Right. It, perfectly honest, it's disgusting. And what you and Larry were saying about this dark energy that's driving everything, because when you, when you see things like that, when you see our public health agencies telling flat out lies what could be driving that except for some sort of dark energy and maybe your language is different you know if you're real you know a concrete person which i tend to be it's greed it's evil it's a lot of fear and manipulation manipulation and arm twisting and cognitive dissonance but you know other people say it's a spiritual war it's the angels it's in and the devil it's it's a darkness whatever your language for when bad things are happening intentionally that's what's going on uh, you know? couldn't agree with you more and, and as someone who you know uh for me the, the belief in you know spirits and dark energies and all that uh you know trained as a scientist believed very much in the concrete reality of things uh dismissed it now i'm I'm having a tough time not uh, grappling with it and trying to come to terms with what that 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 might be a possibility. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's been it's been unusual in that this has really forced a complete review of how I view the world and my worldview on it. 
And I'm sure that's what's happening with a lot of people that are having to come mm-hmm. in contact with this and grapple with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's painful. It really disrupts mm-hmm. your life. But if you can come through it and accept it and incorporate it, you get to see reality for what it is and you get to react to, to a world where you can see things more clearly. And I think mm-hmm. that is going to be, you know, one of the gifts of living in an interesting time is that you get yeah. what it is not for what people tell you it should be. No, exactly. And, you know, um, part of what is happening is very political. It appears to be the attempt to take over the United States of America, a free republic, with some sort of very strong socialism, Marxism, whatever you want to call it. And socialism, communism, those forms of government always attempt to eradicate religion, and to very much separate body and soul. Humans cannot be separated body and soul. You know, even Western medicine, it's it's just, it amazes me. Even Western allopathic medicine acknowledges that stress harms. Yes. Stress undermines your immune system, um, makes you more vulnerable to, to disease, increases your risk of heart attack, you know, blah, blah, blah. We know that doctors know that if you tell a healthy person that they, that the test came in and it shows they've got three weeks to live, some people will only live three weeks because they were told the news. So the, the mind body connection, the spirit body connection is so very strong. And what we have seen with the COVID chaos is our government really attempting more and more to abuse our religious freedom, to cut those spiritual ties, you know, and, and for those people, maybe individuals like yourself who are very scientific and concrete grounded for the first time ever, you've had to examine this very quiet spiritual side of yourself that was never threatened. Maybe it's because it's threatened that you notice it now. <laughs> very much so. And, you know, your, your ability to actually say, I object and uh, we really need to think about this and uh, have a discussion before we move on. That was completely obliterated. And that is in itself a great insult, a great injury that is done to a free and, and uh, democratic society. Yeah. When, when you can't voice your objection, and be protected or feel secured under law. And this has been um, incredible to witness the complete and utter um, rolling over of the American populace and basically believing that they can form, that they can conform their way out of tyranny. Yeah. You never do that. You never do that. I mean, I've, I've, my, my grandparents mm-hmm. fled from the Spanish Civil War. My parents fled from a coup in South America. I am the recipient of being able to live in a free and democratic society, and I'm not going to give it up. Yeah, I think the closer your familial roots and your cultural roots are to having experienced something like this before, tyranny, um, freedom stolen, the more quickly you saw what was happening here. Oh, yes. So, you know, yeah, a lot of a lot of our like in, in Washington state, we've got a fairly large like Russian community um, uh, and Chinese community and Korean community and a lot of those communities. Um, oh, and of course, obviously, like, you know, a, a lot of the in the black community yes. talk about a 
having culture roots in abuse by the government and by public health. And they, they woke up for almost anybody and um, to what was going on and to the reality of it. They, as a, as a culture, if I'm allowed to speak this way, and I, I mean no offense, so I hope I am being respectful here. It's just a hard note how to speak today, but the whole, you know, the black community has more than other communities done such held on to the spiritual side of their culture. Yes. To having it be a part of who they are, not yes. separating body and spirit. Correct. And I so admire that. Um, you know. So very much so. Now back to the case of how you know we're we're seeing such strong signals from 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 VARES that this is not yeah. a uh, innocuous uh, uh, medical intervention. One of the yeah. things that I wanted to bring up was that there was a recent paper that was uh, published uh, by uh, Jessica Rose, PhD, and Peter McCullough, MD, uh, on analysis that they did on the rates of myocarditis, pericarditis, um, and cardiomyopathies that are brought forth by, um, by these shots in a younger population. And again, they went through the full court press of peer review, revision, resubmission, uh, rewriting uh, to get published in a peer reviewed mainstream medical journal. Mm -hmm. And their data is, I, I can only say that it is, if this were to get out, it would show just how badly CDC and FDA have dropped the ball in not pulling the Pfizer shots out or the Moderna shots or the J&J shots. But here's the thing, the editors at this journal uh, withdrew the paper. They didn't give any reasons. They just uh -huh. a withdrawal and just, let, just told them we're just pulling it. No reason given, no, no problems with uh, any of the data. Again, peer-reviewed, approved. Is it still uh, available for us? Do you have a copy of it? Do you have a PDF of it? Well, Is it in the Wayback Machine? It's in the Wayback Machine. That's the only way you can get it. Uh, okay, save that for us, and we will publish it on our website. I will, I will give you the links. This paper is the only thing I can say is that they were being very conservative in their analysis, being very careful not to oversell what they saw. But even with the data that they, that they showed, there's clearly uh, a higher risk for young males ages, you know, um, I believe it was uh, in the 20 to 30 age range, uh, experiencing cardiomyopathies and, uh, I'm sorry, uh, pericarditis and myocarditis mm -hmm. at a rate that mm -hmm. was 19 times higher than in wow. the background rate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 19 times. And again, 19 times higher. And they were pulling the data straight out of theirs, the vaccine adverse event reporting system. So these cases are basically, they, they know that these, these uh, cases are real. CDC uh, went through and verified this as part of the, the process. So that we're dealing with data that is, is not questioned. And it's correlated very closely in time with either the first or the second shot. And of course, with their analysis, being the thorough mm -hmm. researchers that they were, they showed that on the second shot, the correlation was much closer temporally than with the first shot. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I I know people at the Department of Health monitor this radio show just as they monitor Informed Choice Washington, what we do. And I would like to respectfully ask um, senior epidemiologist Chaz DeBolt to to please look very deeply into the numbers of myocarditis, because at at at. Several months ago, there was a vaccine advisory committee meeting where she did look at myocarditis and she pulled numbers from VAERS and other sources because she fully acknowledged that VAERS suffers from underreporting. And I would love for her to do a deep dive in Washington state where she has access to so much data right there on the ground data to find out some more realistic number of what's going on in Washington state. Over the years, I've had great respect for, um, for Chaz DeBolt and her presentations, and she works very hard to give accurate data. Good. And, you know, as much as I badmouth, you know, the system, there are some good people working in there and we have got to save the children. We cannot let them roll this out. I mean, we've got to stop it. Yeah. And again, we're, we're looking at a series of adverse events reporting systems just overall that are, uh, you know, 10x what they should be. And you can't explain it. You can't say, well, you know, these are these are anti-vaxxers that are just pushing it through the system. No, <laughs> not when you have the same problem appearing in the EMA, the UDRA Vigilance Program in the European Union. The uh, mm-hmm. EMA is the uh, is basically the, the the reporting system that they have that they set up in in Europe, and UDRA Vigilance is specific for vaccine adverse events, and mm-hmm. they're reporting some numbers that are in the same ratio as what we're seeing with theirs. So this is not just uh, something that's happening in the United States, in the continental United States. This is something that is happening in Europe and probably worldwide. And these are the two uh, Western um, uh, unions and and economies that have systems to monitor these these safety levels. And the signals, the safety signals are screaming. They're no longer just, well, that's an interesting blip. They are screaming that there's something fundamentally wrong with the injections that are being given. And that's- And that's not, you don't need statistics for that. This is beyond statistics now. Well, and it's like, you know, the the firefighters that we interviewed last week at the very end, uh, one of them kind of dropped a bombshell saying that, you know, before the vaccine came out, he would go, you know, take some COVID patients to the hospital, you know, they, they, you know, it wasn't extreme, but they were having difficulty breathing. He says, but now he's going people with strokes and heart attacks and neurological disorders. They're trembling and can't move. And it's 24 hours post vaccine. It's 48 hours post vaccine. I don't, forgive me. I don't remember his exact language. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he was seeing a lot. And um, Tucker Carlson interviewed the, the author journalist, Alex Berenson recently. And he's, he was saying that there's a really, really concerning um, pattern happening across the United States, wherever vaccine rates are high, the heart attack rate is going through the roof. roof yeah. There's- you know, and we, b- between the my- myocarditis, pericarditis, the blood clotting, you know, there's so many ways that can be showing all these fatal heart issues that could be happening and, or, you know, maybe not fatal, but landing you in the hospital. I, you know, Javier, how it's, you know, people are waking up, but is it, is it going to be fast enough to shut this down? Because 
the whole system is so corrupt. Yeah. You know, pe good people are working for a corrupt system in public health. And until they get bold and stand up and say no more, yeah. I'm done with this. And we got to just take it to the ground. I, I, let's just say that we cannot trust a government with prescribing products, drugs to its citizens. That's too corrupt. The only thing that we can do, we need to put it back in the personal realm. And it has to be, the vaccines have to be, um, vaccine manufacturers have to be fully responsible. There has to be fully informed consent. Yes. And, you know, it all has to be, it, and if these products can't stand on their own two legs because A, they work and B, they're safe, then they should not exist. Agreed. In a free market society, people want, Americans want what's cheap and easy, right? That's what we, people don't want to change their diet to get healthy. They want a pill. Give me a pill. We love what's easy. A shot is really easy. If yep. these things worked, were safe and effective and they worked, people would be flocking to get them. Yes. Right? That's because that's where we're lazy. So the fact that you've got half this nation and firefighters and nurses and pilots who make 300,000 a year willing to walk away from their jobs not to get this. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the yeah. Okay. So I digress. We've got a lot on the list I wanted to discuss. So, so that paper they've just pulled. So what the heck, what are we going to do about that? Um, well, uh, let me, let me make sure I, I get the, I think the, the journal is, uh, uh, titled Problems in Cardiology, or I'll make sure to get that uh, appropriately uh, sourced and referenced. Uh, yeah. It, it, it is a peer-reviewed journal. It's mainstream. Elsevier is the uh, publisher uh, mm -hmm. for this journal. Um, basically, um, they, you know, they, they, they went through the rigorous route of doing peer review, of having the, the, uh, the article uh, poked and prodded by a number of peer reviewers uh, to hone it down into something that they, you know, was, was acceptable and supported by the data and their interpretation of the data and also the, the feedback from, from their peers. So yeah. if people don't know what peer review is like, um, I don't recommend it. It is <laughs> painstaking, which is good and absolutely mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, peer review can also be um, uh, corrupted, but when it's done properly, uh, you get a better product, a better analysis, a better um, uh, paper uh, mm -hmm. when you do it properly. And in this case, <clears throat> Dr. Rose and Dr. McCullough uh, went through the, the rigorous review and analysis that I would expect from uh, the quality and caliber of uh, physician and researchers Mm -hmm. uh, that are embodied in, in both Dr. Rose and Dr. McCullough. And what they've showed is clearly we cannot uh, continue on with this road uh, with, with our eyes closed and our agencies not listening to the signals yeah. that are absolutely clear on this. And again, this was a conservative analysis of the yeah. on a system that is known to underreport adverse events. Yeah, exactly. And, and so here we've got this hard science being pulled. And in Washington state, we've got this very small committee at the legislature 
that makes decisions having to do with staff and members, so that you be your senators and your representatives, and how things run at the Capitol. Yes. And on October the 18th, um, it was, I believe, four Democrats saying uh, yay, and three Democrats said nay to this particular policy that was actually announced um, before October 18th. But anyway, on our October 18th, anybody who had not shown their vaccine papers had their key card disabled and they cannot get into the Capitol building. So you've got your, your Washington state elected representative. Now it's not the senators. The senators didn't do this. It was just the representatives. And the speaker of the House of Representatives right now is um, a woman named Lori Jenkins. And she works for public health. Yeah. And and they're just throwing their weight around. I mean, to I don't think, I mean, can the enormity of this, of locking somebody out of their unelected official in a in a free republic, that is so stinking alarming. I can't, I can't believe it. So I know that action is being taken behind the scenes. They're working on it. This cannot be legal. It is. I mean. It, it, it yeah. is absolutely illegal. You are barring a representative of the people from entering a public building where they are there to do the job of the people. Of, of the people, right, yeah. Something that is done in banana republics. This is not supposed to happen in the United States. Yeah. Shame yeah. on the people that voted that way and agreed to do it. These are people yeah. who have no reference to history. And yeah. if they're cheering this on, I mean, that that is the most ludicrous thing ever. If they're cheering this on and thinking themselves the heroes, you're actually playing part of the villain. How dare they're very, you? Yeah, they're very power hungry. I, I sat in on a Zoom meeting one legislative last legislative session when everything was remote. And I heard Representative Jenkins kind of boasting about the fact that she had the power off the corner office now as Speaker of the House. And because she worked with public health, she was very trusted with her opinion. And, you know, she was talking about meeting with the, the disease modeling people. Well, that's IDMA.org. That's the Gates Foundation. So she has been attending meetings with the Gates Foundation and, and the people who are pushing this. And, you know, just, yeah, it, it, the, the capture of our legislature now by the Gates Foundation, they already captured our public health. They've been running COVID in Washington yeah. state. They, they had a person placed on the Washington State Department of Health Vaccine Advisory Committee. When I, when I emailed them, they admitted, the Department of Health admitted that this one a consultant salary, mm-hmm. who was of course very pro-vaccine, was helping them figure out how to promote and distribute these vaccines before they were even given emergency use authorization. Half of her salary was paid for by the Gates Foundation. No, I mean, they're literally in there. Nobody voted on that. You know, this is this is something that needs to be addressed. Disease modeling. Is useful when you have good data sets. And again, if you're relying on disease models to make predictions about the future, garbage in, garbage out. And if you're going to set that, if you're going to say that case rates are what's going to drive your decision making, I'm sorry, no, that is not the right way to do public health. And especially with something that's been shown to be as uh, inaccurate as the PCR tests already Mm -hmm. two courts, one in Portugal and one in Vienna ruled that the PCR tests, 
were nonsensical and could not be relied on to diagnose COVID. Yeah, so, exactly. And you, I, I predicted, I, I wrote this kind of, um, yeah. what did I call it? I, I had this thing on my Facebook page for a while and it was, it was just, you know, about what was going on. And I said, if the CDC changes the cycle threshold for what it means to be PCR positive for COVID after the vaccine comes out, if they drop the cycle threshold, it will show complete and utter fraud. So what did they do? They dropped it. They did it. They, there, they did it. And so what can be, what's so frustrating is, is it's right there, but because media is captured, if you've got brought to you by Pfizer, um, at 60 minutes and at ABC news, NBC news, CBS news, CNN, right? Yeah. They're not going to be looking. I mean, where the heck we need investigative journalists, um, democracy republics. We cannot thrive no. with the captured media, no. you know? Um, and, and the brave souls who are doing such a great job, you know, speaking out, there's not enough of them and, and they're working under harsh conditions, but the more who stand up to speak up, you know, the, the faster it, it will go. So, you know, everybody roll up your sleeves and, and just, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of, um, missions to take on here. So whatever speaks loudest to you by gum, get in there and, and help out. So yeah. there's two more topics, Javier. I want to make sure we cover, and it's getting sure. to be like 20 minutes to the hour here. So I, I want to talk to you about, well, uh, three topics. We've got a lot of Washington workers were fired on the 18th. Yes. Um, the mixing and matching CDC says, go ahead and mix and match these boosters. Are Ludicrous. you kidding me? Ludicrous. And then we've got the upcoming Verbeck meeting. I want to make sure people uh, file comments. So let's let's just cover quickly um, the, the brave souls who said, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it. They either, um, walked away from their job or they filed an exemption and it was refused or their exemption was accepted, but they were told they could not be accommodated in that their workplace. And illegal. I, I, yeah. And, and I know people who work hundred percent at home who were told they could not be accommodated. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's the absurdity. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm at a loss. I, I have many uh, friends who, who work either as EMT, firefighters, or uh, in the police department. And, you know, th some of them are staying on uh, to basically be on record of being fired for not, you know, not, quote, complying uh, yeah. or basically being abused by, by this mandate. Others are leaving because, you know, they're, they're realizing... If if eighty percent of the people that I work with just basically rolled over and said it's just a jab, uh, you know, in their mind they're thinking I'm not going to get very far here, and I'm just going to have mm -hmm. to leave. And other people are basically saying I'm I'm fighting this out, I'm going to stick through it, and I'm going to yeah. see how this goes. This is um, in, in in the middle of what is you know what the governor, the Department mm -hmm. of Health still says a pandemic. We still need all our frontline workers. People that and then don't fire them. Yeah, and then don't fire them. People for, that for more than a year were working the front lines without mm -hmm. a vaccine and being called heroes. Now, nothing. Yeah. No one's yeah. coming to the rescue. No one's speaking up and saying, you know, maybe we should rethink this. Yeah, nothing. we got to give them a voice. If anybody listening, um, if you've lost your job because of this um, 
you know, these mandates, we want to give you a voice. So make sure you email us radio at informedchoicewa.org. And if we can get you on the air in any future radio show, we will do it. We, we want, we don't want you to be forgotten. We want to know you're, you know, you are supported, you are admired for what you're doing, sticking by your ethics there. And if we can help in any way, even it's just to give you a voice, that's what we would like to do. It was so moving. Was it, it was the Seattle police that brought their boots. Yeah. Yeah. The, they all put so symbolic, just the silence of it with, with the boots. Um, Very moving. And it was, it was encouraging to see so many um, Seattle police uh, uh, officers uh, and, and state troopers basically voicing what, you know, normally in, in normal times, they would never voice a, a uh, opinion that would be political, but here mm-hmm. they are showing that this is not about, this is beyond politics at this point. This is striking mm-hmm. at the very heart of us as a nation and as mm-hmm. a culture and as a republic. You know, we mm-hmm. either are a nation, nation of laws, first and foremost, or we're a nation at the whim of uh, powerful people and forces that care not a whit about the democratic process and care more about manipulating the feelings and perceptions of people in order to obtain power. And we're at that point right now. I, I you know, yeah. honestly, I'd be a little more um, circumspect, a little more measured in my speech, mm-hmm. giving the benefit of the doubt. I can no longer do that. No, no. I, you know, I've been saying for a year and a half, Javier, it's stand up or bend over time. Um, they pushed us to here. You know, Informed Choice Washington has always stood for medical freedom, informed consent, absolute choice. You've got to have choice. And we have tried very hard not to say, you know, that we are against vaccines, right? We've tried to provide the information. We really feel that the products on the market, if you knew as much as you should know about your immune system products on the market and alternatives to the products, you would not choose them. But we were trying to educate our way there. But I tell you, if being an anti-vaxxer means you do medical due diligence and you're an ethical person, well, by gum, I am an anti-vaxxer. If that's your definition, label, give me an A, you know, let's just wear it proudly if that's going to be their definition. And I think that the whole world, you know, they wanted to take over the world with these vaccines with control, and they're going to turn the entire world into anti-vaxxers. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. And that, that's exactly it. If they're willing to do this to adults, they're willing to do this to children. And again, mm-hmm. if that, if people thought more like that, they would understand that what's coming next, what we're mm-hmm. going to see in mm-hmm. the school age population, if they actually go through with this, and if not enough mm-hmm. parents stand up, we're going to see tragedy on top of tragedy. This is not mm-hmm. something that I wish on anyone. I wish that this, you know, this was something that we could we could argue uh, and and debate uh, logically, but this mm-hmm. is forced upon us on mm-hmm. something that has a ninety nine point eight percent survival rate, and for children it is statistically zero. The number yeah. of deaths caused by by SARS CoV two in the age range from zero to nineteen ninety nine 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 seven percent. If you get it, right, and we absolutely ache as everybody does for anybody who has lost a loved one to COVID or, or, or long-term injury from COVID. 
we also ate for anybody who lost anybody to the COVID shots, to the lockdowns, you know, to everything that has happened. We don't want people harmed by COVID any way, which way or form. Any more than but we there are anything. Right. But, you know, we know they're censoring the solution. Natural immunity, effective early treatment, making sure that, you know, and I've told our Washington State Department of Health that if anybody dies in, in Washington State who was low in vitamin D, it's on you. Yeah. What did you guys do to actually promote health? I said, last time I spoke to him, I said, you're not the department, you're not the board of vaccines, you're the board of health. Exactly. Why aren't you promoting health? There are things they can do, vaccinated or not, even the people who, who get the vaccine can still catch it and die from it. They still need vitamin D. They still need ivermectin. Everybody go to flccc.net, flccc.net. I love those guys. Um, yeah, they were they were tweeting today about how um, the is it the NIH has admitted that Tony Fauci lied, that it was gain of function, under oath. <clears throat> lied under oath so what the heck's going on here are they gonna throw them under the bus to try to save themselves but no. something's going down you know <clears throat> they're not i mean this is you're gonna see you're gonna see the duplicity and the two levels of justice that are now unfortunately part and parcel of this country and this legal system and the political system in the united states um and this is this is really um you know we all it's it's been throughout history those with power and prestige have one set of rules versus everyone else. But now this is becoming blatant when you actually have someone who went against an executive order and congressionally approved law, stopping gain of function research and then outsourcing it. And not yeah. only outsourcing it, but I mean, the, all the evidence is there. The money transfers to EcoHealth Alliance, the contract work that EcoHealth Alliance uh, used with Wuhan, all the work that went from North Carolina to EcoHealth Alliance to Wuhan. This is not conspiracy theory. The receipts are all there. It's in black and white. NIH even, even stated it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing they have. And I you know question a little bit why they're doing it other than they're trying to save themselves but you know we've seen from the informed consent action networks dialogue with the national institute of health with the nih who oversee the pediatric vaccine program and all the vaccines in, in the united states that you know these aren't saints and angels either they have been avoiding the real serious safety issues of the vaccine program pre COVID. So yeah, the whole thing is, is beginning to be revealed and people are probably scrambling to, to save, you know, their own behinds where they can, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting there, Javier. So I was so glad to hear that, but you know, you, you have a little reservation because it's a bad guy pointing to a bad guy, you know? Um, so, so what do you think of the mix and matching of these boosters here that the CDC, I mean, they call us anti-science and I mean, then they just, oh yeah, go ahead, mix and match. This is it's just ridiculous. You know, th that's that's a whole other set of clinical trials that you have to do. And again, yeah. experimental yeah. gene therapies. It's gene therapies. These are gene <laughs> therapies. They're and they're gene therapies that are still making your body create the spike protein from the first SARS-CoV-2, not the variants. Not the variants. So, so what the heck are you doing? I mean, so we've got a gain of function virus that they 
um, made in the lab now a genetically altered stabilized encoding for in the mRNA and the RNA vaccines. Yes. To make your cells produce this, but it doesn't even match the, the fragment of what's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, an, and get your third bo booster, get your fourth booster, mix and match. What the hell? What the hell? Exactly. <laughs> Again, this is, this is an ongoing experiment, which violates the Nuremberg code. Yeah. Thank uh, protocols and the international treaties that the United States is a part of mm -hmm. this again, mm -hmm. these are now, I, I, you know, it's, it's just breathtaking that people are the people that have made the decision to push this through are basically cavalier about uh, the the notion of a crime against humanity on this because yeah. that's what's being committed right now. This is well not when you when you've captured so much when you've captured the very entities that are supposed to make sure this doesn't happen, which would be your your media journalists journalists freedom of the press. Yes. has been censored and then they've captured our legal system there are judges who will not rule um correctly with all this they side with doh and or you know with all of the the health departments and there's some good judges out there there's some excellent attorneys that are fighting um yeah so let, let's move on to our last subject here because i want people to know about this upcoming burback meeting so what's going on now pfizer has asked They've, they've done their so-called trials in children, which um, we don't have time to go into now, but maybe next week we'll give some full detail on these very inadequate um, trials in children. And they're asking for emergency use authorization. So there will be the, on Tuesday, the 26th is an upcoming, um, it's a committee with the FDA called VRBAC, the Vaccine and Related Biological Advisory Committee. And they will be presented with all the data for five to 11 year olds, and they will decide whether or not they will approve it for emergency use authorization. And then after that, sometime in November, it will go to the CDC's um, ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, where they will decide whether they will recommend it to children. And you know, the whole goal, because right now, the products are underneath the PrEP Act, the Emergency Preparedness Act, which shields the vaccine makers from liability. They want to get it under the 1986 Act, which is um, will only protect vaccines recommended to children and pregnant women. Yes. Even if it's given to an adult, but if it's not, if it, it has to be recommended to children and pregnant women, and then it's liability free for anybody who gets it. Yes. Um, so they have to recommend this to children so they can get it under the act. So this is so disgusting to me. Not only are they giving these products to children who are not at risk of severe disease in order to shield adults, they're using them as human shields, but they're also using them as human shields to protect Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Human shields to protect um, those from those life. Yeah. There to protect those profits. Here's my prediction: both committees, yeah. if there's there's three options, the first committee might not approve it, but it'll still go to the second committee. They might not approve it, but I guarantee you, CDC Director Walensky, even though it might not be recommended or approved by the committees, she has ultimate authority to say, "No, 
I disagree, we're going to prove it. And I guarantee you, that's what's going to happen. She is such an actress. I want, I want somebody to do a deep, deep dive on her. I mean, every word out of her mouth is so scripted and she's a bad actress. You would have thought that people in control would have, would have found somebody to be more authentic and believable than her, but she just is so such a piece of work. But you know, there is an opportunity for everybody listening now and watching this. If you're watching it before, um, October 25th, 2021. <laughs> so before and Monday, I think is the deadline. I think on Monday yes. you can actually submit as well. So um, if you go to informedchoicewa.org um, and look on the homepage for one of the, um, it's the, it's the last post made. It's called C19 shots for kids five to 11. Yeah. Submit your comment to the FDA now. And there's a direct link to where you can go comment. There's a link to a post um, by um, Toby, I've gone blank on his last name, um, who gives you some more details and explains things that you can say in your comment if you want. And there's a little video by Dr. Artis, like 20 second video that just shows how easy it is to fill out this form. And we need to flood the, um, the FDA at the Federal Register with comments opposing them licensing or emergency use authorization for children now this is this is now beyond uh, a national disgrace i know a lot of people that believe that you know it is their patriotic to do patriotic duty to do that but again they're not being exposed to what i consider the source material mm -hmm. uh, because again you can actually take the data manipulate it and transform it in ways that will actually support your view of things but if mm -hmm. you actually look at the raw data look at it you know for for basically analyzing the the real cost benefit ratio i think people mm -hmm. will come out shaking their heads wondering how is it that i didn't see this before it is disturbing the amount of lying and i and i and i don't mean this uh you know to be hyperbolic but it is now lying yeah yeah it is yeah outright flat obvious lies yes and that's what's so appalling it's like how are they getting away with lying well they control the media and the media you know if you repeat something enough a lie becomes truth because it comes accepted you know um and how are laws broken just over and over because a law is only any good if if people believe it's enforceable or that you know the powers that be enforce it um yeah, and I heard a. It was uh, one of the one of the people in control in Florida of policy. There's a new study out that the CDC is using to say that masks work, and it's just tobacco science epi, epi study that, you, like you said, you can make a study say anything you want. You can make a study that says that sex doesn't make babies. All you have to do is eliminate all the pregnant women from the study and there you go but you know you can make them say anything you want but he so he said no we're not looking at those studies we're looking at the data he said the data don't lie just like you did we're looking at the data and we're seeing that master our mask policies um or freedom to choose policies there's no difference in infection rates so we're leaving it up to individual choice exactly what you said yeah uh, and that we're going to hear the music in just a minute here, Javier. It's been such a great um, two hours listening to you and Larry, and then another great hour 
talking to you. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get this. Uh, I'm going to have um, good internet in a couple of days. It might be a couple of days before I get the video online, but we can direct people to this Facebook recording um, until then. And I'll get so, I'll get the uh, I'll get the links to the uh, paper by by Rose and McCullough uh, up on so you can put it on Inform Choice. And again, you know, arm yourselves with the truth dig it's going to be uncomfortable this is something that uh you know for people that are dialing in and, and you know they think that there's two nut jobs talking here um, <laughs> the reality we're not. we're not the reality is is that you know we all came to this thinking uh very much mm -hmm. in line of you know we trust our department of health we trust our doctors we trust our government agencies to do the right thing and shocker of shocks they're not doing it. But I got to tell you, Javier, driving across this great country of ours, as I went from one radio station, as it faded in, and I keep pushing to get another one into radio range, America's radio is alive and well with people who have figured it out. I found so many radio stations. It's like, they sound just like Bernadette. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was, and, and they were so knowledgeable and they were quoting the science and they were taking action in their communities from, from coast to coast. So, you know, take heart. You, you're in, in, in deep, dark territory there, but take heart and, and stay strong. And um, my heart and soul is in Washington, as well as now in Tennessee, my, my new home. Um, but I'm going to be supporting liberty and, and medical freedom in both states so that you're not, this isn't the end of hearing from Bernadette, but I'll have better connection next week. So <laughs> you've been listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW. Come on back next week. Take care of each other, guys. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today.